0: Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, The Remarkable World of Trees is a new exhibition at St Albans Museum and Art Gallery, which you can enjoy until the 23rd of January. The exhibition is the brainchild of local tree enthusiasts and author of the sell-out book, The Remarkable Trees of St Albans, Kate Bretherton. I spoke to Kate and I started by asking her where her enthusiasm for trees came from.
1: It is relatively recent. I mean, I'm an old lady, but it's only since I found that um, there were stories surrounding the trees of St. Albans and why they were planted for their historical connections. And um, I had to find out what a walnut tree looked like so that I could identify it within St. Peter's Churchyard, the one that had been planted for its connection to um, an early psychiatrist. And uh, once I started looking closely at trees, Amanda, one thing led to another, and I found myself completely fascinated by them. So how did you get from updating your book
0: um, to thinking about a full-blown exhibition? How did that happen?
1: Well, it was so obvious, really, if you've got a new St. Albans Museum Plus Gallery that, um, the wonderful photographs, beautiful photographs that Donato Tinicolo took for my book, The Remarkable Trees of St. Albans. It was just obvious the museum would want to display them. And, um, the museum said, yes, oh, that's a good idea. Fill in the proposal form. And by the time Donato and I had finished filling in the proposal form about all the events associated with it and the merchandise and the message that we wanted to get, to get across and, and so on, it had um, developed into a thrilling exhibition that it is now. And you've mentioned there the photographer that you've
0: worked with, but actually there's a whole team who've worked with you on this exhibition. Would you like to
1: mention a few of your co-creators? Oh, Amanda, it's been wonderful the way the local people have come forward so skilled. Lee Wood of Ember Designs, who's made it beautiful, a whole comprehensive whole. And Susan James Dean is inspirational in the wonderful artwork that she produced, a collaborative work with pupils of a primary school in Harpenden, Sauncy Wood School, where the children were out in the local spinney adjacent to the school or within the school grounds, and the children were feeling the trees, looking closely at them, doing sketches of them. And then each year within the school, they did paintings and they've made just a wonderful artwork. And the things that the children said about their experience are inspirational So that's um, Susan James Dean. And then Pauline O'Dell has made creatures that bring to life the goings-on within a hedge. And she's even got an owl with a a mouse in its beak to show the interaction. You know, it's not just little creatures living there happily. There's all sorts of goings-on. And talking about goings-on in the canopy up and down the trunk and... In the soil, Chloe Valerie has done a superb artwork, trying to just give us an idea of that. And then to make it fun for the children, JB Joinery has made a jigsaw puzzle and Jenga blocks of different kinds of wood and also a shape sorter for the really little ones and has raised on legs the slice of wood of a very old ash tree so that we can just enjoy its wonderful growth rings.
0: Indeed, you've mentioned quite a few of the things that we'll find in the exhibition there, and it'll be clear to to listeners that there's there's lots that young children um, can enjoy. But you've also got some really fascinating information. And I particularly love the way that you've given sort of general information about particular trees, but then tied it into
1: things that we'll find locally. Yes, I did that deliberately, Amanda. I wanted people to walk out of the exhibition and look at the lime tree right outside the door. And even as you go round through Ventry Gardens and Abbey Orchard, I'm mentioning trees that we can look at and have another look at. Yes,
0: indeed. We've got some fantastic uh, trees in St Albans, haven't we? And uh, sometimes we do take them a little for granted because we pass them every day. But yeah. as you say, hopefully yeah. we will just pause and uh, um, appreciate them more closely. And, and as I say, you've got some really interesting facts about these trees, things that we, we you know, we, we wouldn't have known. The, the other thing that really struck me about the exhibition was the amazing
1: artwork. Absolutely beautiful. Why did you decide to include that? Well, it was a kind of obvious perhaps to do art inspired by trees, um and also music inspired by trees, and literature. the ver poets have been contributing all sorts of prose and poems, and there we've made a little literary corner where you can sit comfortably on a chair and take a moment to look at Donato's lovely photographs on the video and um you know, as a slideshow, and um, listen. Do you know that one of the the buttons? If you press button four, there is a rap done by a young person so keen for us all to realise how important trees are to our climate and how what a difference. I think Lee has called it our greatest weapon against climate change. The tree, and it's all there in his rap. Not to mention, I mean, Julian Godley sings like an angel and so does Nina Vintner and um, her lovely De Lindenbaum, the Schubert song that she recorded when we were doing our campaign to save the lime tree in Brickett Road. That's there on one of the buttons to listen to, too.
0: So, what do you hope we'll be inspired to do when we uh, when we've been to your exhibition? You, you want us to look more closely at trees. Is there anything
1: else as you come away from the second room? There is a list of the amazing variety of nature conservation groups we can join in St Albans and district. Also, just being able quickly and easily to donate to the national organisations like Trees for Cities, the Tree Council, the Woodland Trust. It's there as you come out. Just ways in which we can help trees to thrive because they are our greatest weapon for sustainability and for mitigating climate change. So the exhibition continues until the 23rd of
0: January, Um, but you've got plans that as the trees outside change with the seasons, that the things within the exhibition will be tweaked a little bit as well. Would you like to just tell us a little bit about how you're going to um, give us an incentive to revisit your exhibition?
1: Well, first of all, there are lots and lots of events, Amanda. So there are things like guided walks through batchwood, through the Heartwood Arboretum of Native Trees and things like that. Also lots and lots of activities. Indeed. So just returning right back to where we
0: started with your book, The Remarkable Trees of St. Albans, which you've updated, we'll all have an ear out for uh, Christmas presents. Can you just tell us a
1: little bit about your book? Well, um, I wrote it because, um, as I say, I found out that in the 1970s, trees were planted in St Albans for their historical connections. And the stories are good, Amanda. I wanted people to know about them. And people wrote in to say which were their favourite trees, trees that I had to be sure to include in it. And um, they're an eye-opener and a joy. And so many people say to me, it's the photographs that make it, and they do. They are lovely. And also, Amanda, We had a photograph competition to herald the exhibition and there is a calendar of the winners and they are lovely too. So that's available at the museum shop, both my book and the calendar. Lovely. Thank you so
0: much indeed for, for telling us about that.
1: And thank you, Amanda, for letting me spread the word about it because people will enjoy it. I am so thrilled and proud of it. You can find details of all the events that
0: Kate was talking about on the St Albans Museum and Art Gallery website and also on worldoftrees.org. Now, inspired by the Remarkable World of Trees exhibition, the St Albans-based wildlife community group, the Wilderhood Watch, have just launched their Plant a Hedge project. Nadia Bishara, coordinator of the Wilderhood Watch, wants us to take a good hard look around us and see if we can find somewhere to plant a hedge this winter. I spoke to Nadia and I started by asking her why she decided to focus on hedges.
2: Well, this is actually a project I've been meaning to do for ages, and um, when Kate launched her Remarkable World of Trees exhibition, I just thought, brilliant opportunity. Basically, she's asking everybody to go out and do something. I thought, well, actually, there's a perfect thing that everybody could be doing, and it's exactly what she's talking about in her exhibition.
0: Indeed. So why are hedges so much better than fences?
2: Well, I mean, for a variety of reasons. First of all, um, a fence really isn't going to do much for wildlife. um, But a hedge, of course, is amazing. It's also porous. So it means that um, little creatures like hedgehogs can travel between gardens really, really easily. And rather than just maybe one hole in a fence, if you're lucky, you've got numerous ones, which is actually a lot better for hedgehogs in terms of being able to get in and out quickly if they they're being chased or um and also just in terms of um the energy that they um that they spend in a night traveling from garden to garden much easier if you've got a hedge and you can just quickly whisk through to the next garden
0: I don't suppose you'll find any birds nesting in a fence, will you?
2: Well, no, not really. I mean, I suppose over time. I mean, to be fair, you know, you can have things creeping up your fence and everything, but it's always going to be it's going to be a much harder barrier, isn't it, for for creatures to get through? And I think a lovely, lush hedge is going to be a much nicer place for birds to nest. So,
0: getting a fence installed always seems to cost a fortune. How affordable are hedges?
2: Well, I mean, I would say they would be much more. For a start, you can plant them yourself. I don't I, I don't see that you would need to bring someone in to, to plant a few saplings. Um, and then in terms of um, the cost of them, well, if you have a look on the um, Woodland Trust website, they're really very, I mean, you could you can get quite a few plants for about £30 um, instead of spending hundreds and hundreds on a fence. So I would say, yeah, they're, they're really... And, of course, the other thing you can do, um, which we're getting more into now in St Albans, is actually um plant swaps so probably it would be even possible for you to actually just um get your plants um from a neighbor perhaps you know as a, as seedlings
0: yeah indeed some possibilities there and do they take a lot of maintenance that's that's the other thing people might be concerned about
2: right yeah well i would say that would be up to you i mean uh, personally if, if, if you wanted to be really wildlife friendly i would say you certainly don't don't want to over maintain your hedge you know because um wildlife likes things to to look you know a little bit um i'm not going to say necessarily untidy but you don't want things to be completely um all in straight lines so um I would say that's that's quite up to you.
0: Yeah, indeed. Although a straight line hedge, of course, has many benefits as well. It, it, it's not, uh, not, not without its benefits for wildlife, is it? So why are hedges so important in the urban environment? I mean, we see them a lot in the countryside, but actually they've got real value in, in the towns, haven't they?
2: Yes. And I think also one thing about the countryside is, of course, unfortunately, a lot have been pulled out. As fields have got bigger and bigger, um, you're seeing fewer hedgerows. So actually, it's doubly important because the the space for wildlife is being reduced in the countryside. It's doubly important that we actually make space for wildlife in our urban areas. So that's the first thing I'd say really important. And then, of course, in terms of people, um, you've just got to think noise pollution. Air pollution—they're offering really good barriers against that, and of course, hedges just like trees, because that's all they are really—they're just trees that haven't been left to grow tall. Um, they're absorbing all that carbon from the atmosphere, all the, all those pollutants, and of course, they look beautiful.
0: Yes, of course. I mean, a lot of hedges are, are um, made from um, trees or shrubs that have lovely flowers, lovely berries, some are even evergreen. So you know, there's so much for us to enjoy as well as the wildlife enjoying it as well, isn't there? Yeah. Now, you've got um, heaps of advice on uh, hedge selection and planting on your website. If I plant a hedge, like you say, won't it take ages until it's big and dense enough to replace my fence?
2: Right. Well, it kind of depends on what plants you choose. So I say there you have to do a little bit of research. If if you want something um, that grows really fast, then, then, you know, you need to pick certain plants. I'd say perhaps perhaps you would want to go for something that maybe wasn't evergreen because those plants do tend to grow a little bit faster you might or you might want to have um sort of a mixture of plants in there so even if some are growing slowly you've also got the other ones that are growing a little bit faster in the meantime but um of all I can say is I've planted a mixed hedge in my garden It was about two years ago my goodness they're doing really really well they're growing really quickly
0: well that's good yeah. to hear. And and how about um kind of the opposite of things growing really really kind of big? How about if we've got a really small garden? I mean, I'm thinking of some of the tiny front gardens in St Albans.
2: Mm.
0: Is there any space for a hedge there? Can they be of any use?
2: Yes, yeah, because because really there's a space for for a hedge anywhere. I mean, you can have it as big or small as you like and and you know, however you have it, it's going to be really really valuable habitat for wildlife and it's going to look a lot nicer.
0: Just thinking now. um, You've launched this project. What would be your vision for St. Albans for this winter? If we could wave a magic wand, what would you like to happen?
2: Well, I would like to see everyone out planting because when you think about it, I mean, a lot of our gardens are really quite small. It might be quite difficult for people to plant a tree and then let it mature um, and grow to full height. But a hedge, you can basically plant anywhere. I think it would be lovely to see networks of hedges between gardens and along the rear of people's gardens all along streets. I mean, that would be amazing. Can you imagine then then wildlife would have a lovely habitat and the ability to travel between habitats by using those hedges as corridors? That's, that's what I would love to see.
0: What a lovely vision, Nadia. Thank you so much for telling us about that.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, Amanda, for having me on.
0: Do check out all those helpful details on hedge selection and planting on wilderhoodwatch.org. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.